Hello everyone, my name is Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane. Baby Lou is in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour for this Family Tree Podcast, episode 27? It's 28. 28. We're getting old. We are, and we're becoming kind of a real podcast now. Yeah. Like the last one, I don't want to brag, (laughs) but it kind of went viral in a weird way and was very, very, very well received and had a ton of views. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And I was trying to figure out what it was, if it was because there was a gender reveal, but no, that wasn't it. Was it because Max Kerman was on? No, but that helped. It did help. What it was, was because Bluebird Kisses did such a great job of sharing it, and she had such a high volume of followers, and and not just the volume of followers, but the volume of followers who are actually interested in this sort of material. Of course, and that's exactly what it takes, but Bluebird Kisses was an awesome guest. She has an awesome account, and I really do love following her. Like I'm such a fan, so I got so giddy when she was telling everybody how much she liked our podcast. And to go listen to it, I was so excited. It made my week. And then Shane kept sending me numbers as the numbers were going up and up and up. He kept updating me. And I've had a long week at work. So it was so nice to be getting those messages. Yeah, this was a very fun week for for that. Yeah, absolutely. Not to brag again, but I was able to kind of hang out with Nick Nurse, who's the coach of the Toronto Raptors. So for those of you who uh, aren't sure or who may be new, Shane and I are big basketball fans living outside of Toronto the Raptors are our team and they've been our team for ages like since I was young and Vince Carter was playing loved him Nick Nurse is a very cool he's a new coach for the Raptors and the Raptors are obviously coming off a championship season yeah and Shane has buddied up with Nick Nurse no this no week. no the okay, case I say buddy you went to a movie with him yeah, he had a screening and I was able to be invited through my friend. I don't care. If that's not buddying up, I don't know what is. Like, I think if I walked by him and I was like, hi, Nick, he would be like, hey, man. He'd and recognize they'd, you, though. they'd be like, who is that? And he'd be like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, Nick wouldn't know me. I, I want to make it clear because I like saying I did something cool, but I don't want the hyperbole to be so embarrassingly a lie. But I think he'd recognize you. He would not. And you think? It, well, <laughs> funny story. Uh, we I tested this theory because we actually got to go to uh, a screening of uh, this Thelonious Monk documentary. Nick Nurse is a huge Thelonious Monk fan. It didn't, jazz guy. Jazz guy. Didn't even really know who he was. Get to go to the screening. And uh, I was also a very small part of an awesome... Uh, skit that the Arkells did with Nick Nurse to promote their mm-hmm. upcoming rally tour on June 20th. and uh, But because of that, I got tickets from Nick Nurse through Max that were very close to the, the action, and we got kind of special VIP treatment. But I saw Nick, and Nick walked right by me, and I was like, well, kind of like waving and like acknowledging and wondered if there's going to be a handshake. But he gave kind of like a, who's that guy? Are you sure he wasn't just trying to make his way to Max, who he's friends with? I wasn't with Max. Oh, okay. Because I that see it strikes me as weird because Hayden Christensen, Shane and I did a skit with Hayden Christensen. You can find it on YouTube. It's like a really dorky, hilarious skit to promote what was it called? Little Italy. Yeah, he was in a movie called Little. It's called Shane's Digital Dessert with Hayden Christensen, and it stars Alex. Yeah, and uh, Shane ran into Hayden Christensen a couple weeks later, and he remembered you, and he asked about me. Well, that's because we did something so weird with them. Like, if if you go out of your way to watch this, you're gonna 
either love it or hate it. Okay. The odds are you're going to hate it. The, but, but the comment section is just, it has about 30,000 views and all the comments are just making fun of how dumb you and I are, especially you. The like I got off a like, little bit easier than you did. Ooh, this is cringy. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be funny or not, but that wife is really stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and every time there's a new comment, again, Shane will notify me and say what the people said about me and it brightens my week. I love it so much because it is intentionally cringy and Hayden was in on it and that was the joke. And Hayden must have like a a crazy memory because it was like a week later he saw me on the street and he yelled like, Shane, called me over and he asked about you, which Which I thought I was very impressed by that. I'm very flattered by that. Yeah, but but anyway, this is all to say it was a very uh, fun week and bragworthy. Bragworthy week, reckoning. Yeah, and uh, what else? What else happened this week? Oh, I learned about body positivity through your account. I didn't know how intense the body positive world was. Okay, so just to kind of give a little background, I wrote a post a few days ago asking what body positivity means to you because Bluebird Kisses and I on the last podcast we were talking about how. For her, and for me as well, we feel best about ourselves, not when we're working out to lose weight or working out to get muscle, but working out just because it's a time to clear our heads and we just feel so good after the endorphins and everything. And that's how we feel the most body positive when we're treating ourselves well. So I put up a post about it and then asked people what body positivity means to them. And it was a very interesting response section. So I did know that the movement started from the fat activism in the 1960s. There was like big Eaton's in New York Park where they go and eat ice cream and burn pictures of Twiggy and Sophia Loren and things like that because fat people do have a lot of discriminations against them and this is something are we just allowed life. to call them fat people though that's the fat activist movement this is what they say they <laughs> get out of here fat activist you're a fat activist well that's the thing and this is but they <laughs> it does sound a lot like you're gonna say fat ass that's i know but um they do suffer a lot of discrimination and that is a huge issue like you think of airplane seats just it, it just yeah, it work it. and everything yeah i don't want to get into no, that no i'm not i'm not this was all to say that yeah I, what I learned is that it's not for people who maybe like, for example, me. I have a very, it sounds odd to say, but I have a very weird belly button. I hate belly buttons. I'm embarrassed to take my shirt off because of it. But I thought body positivity was, I'm going to be positive about this and be try to be confident or actually be confident yeah. and be comfortable in my skin. I thought it was inclusive to everyone or it wouldn't be so insensitive if I was to say I'm being body positive and me being moderately out of shape or moderately in shape or however I would be categorized whereas other people it's they're they're very marginalized and Mm -hmm. very scrutinized so they wouldn't really appreciate me being part of the body positive movement and I would think exacerbated by the fact that I'm a man so I didn't know all this but when, when I was reading the comments I found it very interesting how people were preaching a lot, but they don't want to teach, really. They they really, like, I was like, oh, there's a lot of preaching, not a lot of teaching, <laughs> in the fact that the tone is almost condescending, and you were doing nothing but asking people very kindly to clarify some things. Yeah, the, the tone was incredibly condescending. And, like, for my understanding of the body, body positivity movement now, 
you have somebody like the Burroughs Papaya, she's making her living off of being a body positive activist, but she is the same size as me. Like we'd have the same pant size. Yeah. It's just that she takes pictures of her cellulite and stretch marks. I do not mostly because I'm a teacher and I can't have photos of me in my underwear on my Instagram page. So otherwise, if you weren't a teacher, you'd be showing that cellulite off with well, pride. I, I'm trying to get to that point. Yeah. Mm. And here's the thing. I probably would be because there were even photos that you took of me in Florida where I was like, definitely cellulite But you know what? Love that picture. Love that day. I was feeling great and I'd love to post it, but it was like full butt shot. I was wearing a thong bikini. So probably not the best idea. You know what? I might start taking pictures of my belly button and posting them online. You should. Damn the man. <laughs> you are the man. But what I love about your style is you never come off as preachy. You're always welcoming. You're always so aware that text can be misconstrued. So you use your words so it never comes off as rude. Because maybe I say these people are condescending, but their tone maybe isn't when they're thinking well, it yeah. in their head. But it just came across so like... I was a little upset reading this. I was like, all, <laughs> all you're trying to do is to clarify and make it good. And anyway, I think you're a really great teacher because of that. Thank you. Whereas other people aren't as good, I don't think. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Mm. I do try hard to do that. And yeah, I don't want to piss anybody off in any situation. Uh, like, So call me out if I need to be called out for something. But, but, but call, do, it, do, it. do it in a nice way. Be like, oh, Alex, I, I understand what you're trying to say. But actually, and, and some of the comments were like, well, if you did a quick Google search and it was like, well, I've done that. <laughs> you, are, you already did the quick Google search. Maybe the problem is you did the quick Google search and you need further clarification on the points that you've already made that they didn't even reference that you already made. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, overall, it was positive. Yeah. No pun intended, because I feel like I'm not going to be saying be body positive anymore to just random people who are feeling mildly down about their appearance yeah and i guess in this day and age i know it has changed to include my version of body positivity which would be like here okay i just gotta say one thing because people were saying alex look up body new body neutral and you should be body neutral and that's just okay body neutrality is essentially when you recognize the things that you don't like about your body and just don't feel positive or negative. I like about that it. though. You no, don't like that? No, that's. I want to feel something. I want to feel a certain way about it. I want. I want to get to a point where I can celebrate. It. I want to feel good about it. I just don't want to be neutral and just say, "Well, I have cellulite." No, one, I don't think there. anyone would want to be neutral. But you also have to be pragmatic about things, right? So it's like, yeah, I would love every day of my life to feel like I'm on MDMA and <laughs> loving things. And But the fact is, I feel like shit a lot of the time. I wake up with a headache. I don't want to go to work. So I think a good way to, to be like, this isn't the worst, Shane. This isn't the best. Let's be neutral sometimes. And I think that's a lot more attainable of a goal. So I actually really like the neutrality thing. See, as a movement. Yeah. You get off on positivity more than I do. Yeah, I really, I really love it because trying to be positive really does change my perspective about things. I think being neutral 
if if your preset is to be down on yourself, being neutral actually is a positive spin on it. Well, it's then like, it's all positive. It's a glass half full. <laughs> I know, but you want to be amped to eleven at all times. Like you want things to be like. Not only do I have cellulite, I fucking rock it. Like you hey, want to be hey. like that. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, of course. I'm just saying. I th- I thought that was an interesting take that I I want to apply, and it's more yeah. realistic for my natural. No, and I I think it's default. I do mode. think it's more realistic for everybody because nobody does feel good. And this point was made to me too. Feeling positive about yourself, you know, 24-7 isn't realistic. So then I was like, okay, but then why do I have to be neutral and other people can be happy? You don't have to. It's just (laughs) people were just saying where they aligned, right? No, no, I know. But what I did find interesting about body positive, it almost felt like people were encouraged to stay like it felt like if you got in shape, you were almost turning your back on a, the community and then you were like shunned away from it. Yeah. That's so the way it felt like to me. I well, could be like. I was discussing some of my research with Shane and I think where this comes from is a lot of the people that I was, you know, reading blogs from or watching videos about, they were people that have fluctuated in their own way, like in and outside of the movement and the second that they get below you know a size 10 or something they're kind of shunned within the movement itself until they put the weight back on or use padding under their clothes and photo shoots to look bigger which is a huge thing in the plus size modeling world that this actually happens this, using padding and plus size modeling is uh every day it's a norm it's an every yes it's the norm okay. thank you but yeah no it's an interesting movement not exactly i guess what i thought it was and i'm fine with that but you know what i do uh feel pretty positive about my body and i want to continue staying that way yeah no i (laughs) i I think it's a good way to live but it's also a good way to live is to say things correctly if there is a movement to just identify it the best we can and sometimes we're just going to be talking out our ass because we're just (laughs) we're just giving our opinion too and that needs to be accepted also because i just don't like doors closing in people's face when they're trying to open a discussion but what else do we got oh oh i had a topic that i think could be a good post for you okay because you know you haven't posted in two days yes i've been on you about a little bit but laundry i think it's secretly (laughs) an amazing topic because is it possible in this day and age with the two parents working to do laundry? If so, how? How do you do laundry and have a happy life? Like honestly, seriously, what are the tips and tricks? Because we don't know. No, and uh, to give you guys a little more context, so all of our clothes actually are clean. Like we don't have much dirty laundry right now. However, the amount of clean laundry that we have sitting in our bedroom wait and be put away is is embarrassing it is so embarrassing and what's more embarrassing is the amount is the amount of time that it has been there because it has now been i think three separate laundry weekends worth of clean clothes being put into that pile and i feel like when you do put it away it's just it's not even like oh it's only a matter of time till it (laughs) it's literally like boom the next day and it's such an endless pursuit that's uh, futile. It's it's so depressing because so, you can never get on top of it. Yeah, and it's like there's always an undercurrent of anxiety mm-hmm. with laundry and it is everywhere and it never goes away. So I was wondering if maybe is the is the best method maybe to have the same approach like with our bodies? Like 
have a neutral approach to laundry where we're not happy we're a mess, but maybe right. we have a neutrality about it where we can just live comfortably knowing that it's futile and have a happier life because of it. And then just clean things up when we're having company. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just wondering, is there anyone who has it? Like, my mom had it figured out. Yeah. But my mom is actually, and I love her, but a psychopath about uh, laundry. She's very just good at this relentless it's always a thing and it was well, she's every- she's very type a with the like the menial cleaning tasks like the vacuuming the laundry yeah. things like that yeah but it's not realistic i don't think and i i i'm really like wondering how she did it like she's like a machine but it, it's not a fun machine yeah you know what i mean like i couldn't it's high have stress i couldn't have fun in my, <laughs> in my life and i want us to have a good balance and i want someone to help like that mary hondo or whatever her name yeah. is she had good intentions, but it's just not working. Well, hers especially, it, it doubles your folding time. Yeah, it's not working. No, I know. And you know, I, I do have to say that I did adopt her folding style. So everything in my drawers is folded as she does, and I do prefer it. But it doesn't matter if clothes have to be hung, if they have to be folded. They sit there folded. And does every house in the world, like every household, have at least one room that is their room of shame? Like where the laundry goes and everything. Yeah, and it's just a given like, oh, this is our closet where we just fucking chuck shit. Or is like their bedroom just like this, don't open the door in the bedroom. Well, even at my parents' house, so they always used to rag on me, mom and dad, I know you listen, for having a messy room. (coughs) Bless you. And that I did. I had the messiest room that most people have ever seen. But it wasn't like dirty. It was just messy with clothes. Like you'd actually have to wade through clothes. But... Even at my parents' house, and they keep their house tidy, there was three times a week or one time a week for three days, a big pile of laundry on the pool table mm-hmm. and, you know, laundry in different sections of the house where people hadn't got to put it away yet or fold yep. it and whatever yet. But I'd love to know, Shane, that's such a good question. I think it's secretly an amazing topic. No, it, it's for happiness. It's the best. <laughs> no, I and I like the angle of coming mm-hmm. at it. Do we need to be laundry neutral? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so heck, maybe we put this yeah. up in your this thing, or maybe take a great picture with your brother. I don't know. No, folks, so. this is this is the best topic. And if you're listening, when I do make this post, please go and comment on it. Are you laundry neutral? Are you laundry positive, and you just love getting that stuff away, or? Are you laundry negative? What would be the the negative part here? Laundry indifferent. Laundry indifferent. Well, that'd be I guess laundry, laundry neutral. neutral. Uh, the negative would be I don't know. Well, what are what is your take on laundry, listeners? We are <laughs> dying to know. All right, so we are taking a call, uh, another daytime call, because we are about to have Lauren Berlin Jerry, who you went to school with. I like the way you said that. Is that how you say it? I think it's Lauren Berlin Jerry. Lauren Berlin <laughs> Jerry. Well, she's a mom of twins and an entrepreneur, and twins have always been a fear and fascination of mine. So I want to get into how the hell she just does life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know what she does beyond that she's like very successful in the world of alternative health maybe that's insulting no 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 no. that's so it has to do with infrared saunas so i'm hoping to ask her a couple questions about those because from what i understand she runs a business called higher dose and they have infrared sauna spas in new york city however if you don't live in new york you can have like a, a sauna blanket sent to you 
and get the same benefits at home. And I think they do other things like offer cryofacials and lymphatic drainage massage, things like that. So would it be fair, do you think, if I was to call it like alternative health solutions? At the top of my mind, yes, but I don't know enough about it. Sometimes when you say stuff like that, it can seem like kooky or like um, quack medicine or whatever. I feel like she has more of knowledge on that, that there she definitely is will. benefits to this. Anyway, this is a friend from high school. She was, uh, what was she like in high school? She was, I guess, one of the cool people in high school. You know, she was uh, a model. Yeah, so shall we, shall we on to Lauren? <laughs> Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm so good. This is uh, Shane and I. Thank you so much for taking our call today. We're really excited to chat with you. Lauren. I'm really excited to chat with you guys too. Hey, Shane. <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Just got out of the sauna myself, so feeling pretty good. Are you wi- uh, without the twins right now? Or like, is this a good time to talk? This is a good time to talk, actually. My, my husband's upstairs watching the babies. He knows I need at least an hour by myself, so he's actually been pretty good during this whole experience with helping me tackle this because it's been really difficult, actually. So that's what we want to get into, and we kind of gave the listeners an idea of what you do, that you're a twin mom and that you are an entrepreneur for what something else we want to get into, infrared saunas. I really want to, to touch base on being a twin mom because before I had a kid... That was something I desperately wanted. I was like, oh my God, I only want two kids. If I can just get knocked up with twins right off the bat, <laughs> then that takes care of it. Done in one go. And Especially then, if it's a boy and a girl. Millionaire family yeah. right off the bat. And that's what, you have a boy and a girl, correct? Yes. We hit the jackpot. And, you know, it took me probably a good 24 hours once I found out that I was having the babies that I realized what a blessing it was. Yeah. Because when I did first find out, I was so scared. I was in so much shock, and it honestly wasn't something I was, you know, hoping for, so I thought my life was over. Did did you have an idea that, like, do twins run in your family? Did you have an idea that you might happen? Like, were you extra sick or anything, or was it a total surprise? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely extra sick. I was so sick for the first three months. But I did have an idea, but I didn't think it would ever come true. Right. Because my mom and my sister told me for, like, the last four years, my sister had her first kid that I was going to be the one to have the twins because my mom's a twin. And then on my dad's side, his sister has two twins. No way. And you know, my mom just like felt like for sure I was going to be the one, not my sister, me. Cause I'm the one that does everything extreme. Well, so, that is such an extreme thing. And like, do you know what the odds are of having twins if you have them in your family? Cause I have no idea. I actually don't. Um, but I guess, Like, you know, they say it skips a generation, which in my case was true. You know, my mom's a fraternal twin with her brother. Mm -hmm. So I think that, and then also it's like on the woman's side, because I had to be the one to drop two eggs. So, you know, if it was on my husband's side, it wouldn't be the same. So I think the odds go up, you know, when it's on the mother's side, which it is. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't actually look into it because honestly, I really didn't want it to be true. <laughs> and funny enough, when I went to my first ultrasound, I was so excited to tell my mom and my sister that I was only having one baby. And <laughs> the funny thing is, is the doctor only detected one baby in my first ultrasound. What? So it was like this thing. And the weird thing is, is the ultrasound had four arms. And we, my husband and I were calling it squid baby. But you know, when it's like at three months, your first ultrasound photo is like so tiny, you can't really see what it is. Hold on, but it had four arms and they said it was only one baby? 
they only heard one heartbeat. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why. So wait, did you think that you were having a four-armed baby? Well, I mean, the picture is so weird and small, and it looks like the <laughs> baby was moving its arms. So I thought we, like, got a perfect action shot of the baby. And, like, we really didn't think anything of it other than calling it Squid Baby. We are like, oh, so cute. We're having a Squid Baby. That's hilarious. That would be extreme, too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> definitely was trying not to think too much about it. I already had a ton of fears about having kids anyways. Yeah. So I was trying to just, like, stay calm throughout the whole thing and, like, assume that, you know, forearms is normal. <laughs> um, and then when I went to my second ultrasound, thank God my husband was there. You know, I was, like, you know, getting the ultrasound done and... The doctor was like, um, you need to go empty your bladder, like, right now. And as soon as she said that, I knew something was not right. Yeah. So I, like, jumped up, did the quickest pee of my life, came back, and she went back, and she did the ultrasound, and she's like, um, sweetheart, you're having two babies. I'm sure it would have made all your dreams come true, but it was like all my nightmares came true. (laughs) And I cried, and I, like, went into complete shock, and I was like, no, I have a job. Like, I cannot do this. Like, no. Oh no, and God. then, like, the doctor and my husband were like, no, this is amazing. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> it was just like, you know, I couldn't get myself to see the blessing in that moment. Yeah. And to the point where, like, I had to leave my doctor's office because I went in shock. They tried to take my blood. I had no blood in my veins. I was, like, doing jumping jacks, squats, whatever I could to, like, try to get my blood going and try to feel, like, normal and try to stop crying, but I couldn't. So I was just, like, a hot mess and... You know, I had to leave my appointment and come back like, you know, three days later to get all the blood work oh, done and finish my appointment. And I guess it's easier to be happy for something like that if you're not the person who has to have yeah. the babies. Like for the man or the doctor, it's like, this is going to be <laughs> yeah. amazing. But I, I think if you're the woman, maybe all you're thinking about is having the kids. Oh, 100%. That's like the best thing you could possibly ever say ever because everyone thought it was amazing but me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... You know, honestly, within 24 hours of telling people and just, like, crying and realizing what a blessing this was, I was, like, so happy and never felt so good about the whole entire pregnancy. So it was, like, kind of weird how quickly I got over it, but also how, like, good I felt within my pregnancy at that time. See, that's amazing because that was, like, although I initially wanted twins, my pregnancy with just one baby was so hard and then postpartum was so hard so my greatest fear for the second baby was if it was twins and I was so sick that I was like oh my god like this is a possibility this is terrifying so I get the fear and I I would be the same way I don't even know if I'd recover as quickly as you did so how is the rest of your pregnancy going forward could that because that's just so much more on your body Yeah. And the funny thing is, is when I found out I was having twins, I wasn't fearing the pregnancy or the delivery at all. I was just like, how am I going to carry two babies? And like, I thought I was going to be that entrepreneur that brought their kid to work with them. Mm -hmm. But like with two, you can't do that. So like all my dreams of like having a baby and being an entrepreneur, like crashed when I found out I was having twins. Didn't even think about carrying the baby, the delivery, and how hard that was going to be. Until my next appointment where my doctor was like, okay, so you know that natural delivery that you wanted? Mm. Yeah, most likely a C-section. You know that when you deliver in the States, the twins, there's going to be 10 people. You're going to be in an operating room, no comfortable delivery room. There's like 10 people waiting to go. There's like the NICU doctor. There's the anesthesiologist. There's like three doctors. It was like everything went out the window, this like mm-hmm. natural, beautiful delivery that potentially was going to be at home with like hypnobirthing, no medications, skin to skin, all out the window. 
Okay, so in the states, you're not covered under healthcare. You actually have to pay, right, for it yourself. Yeah, so that's, there's, there's like so many aspects of this whole thing that was like such a shocker. Um, <sighs> so I did that healthcare. If you have twins, do they charge you twice? No, it's considered one birth, and the whole thing was covered. I think I paid five hundred out of pocket for the whole thing, and like oh, delivering in the bad. states, it's like oh yeah, and like delivering in the states was amazing. It was like valet parking at the hospital, like five days. Um, you know, in care with a C-section. Like, we had, like, steak and lobster for dinner in the hospital. Nice. It was, wow. like, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Like, nothing like it would be in Canada. But also, like, thank God I did have health care because if I didn't, and I'm going to, like, jump ahead and tell you a little bit, but both of my babies were in the NICU for two weeks. Mm-hmm. That was a hundred grand per baby. Oh, my gosh. So if we didn't have health care, we would have been probably in the whole, like, $300,000. Oh, my God. Which... In the state, that's like the biggest thing is, you know, people don't have health care. They get into debt quickly because they end up in the hospital or, you know, their kids end up in the hospital or whatever it is. So thank God we did. We still ended up having to pay all in all 10 grand out of pocket Jeez. for our whole experience because wow. it was such a crazy experience. That's, that's yeah. so okay. So did the, the did the craziness start with, just to kind of bring it back, with the birth, like when that happened? Because I do know often twins are born earlier um, or did it happen like the craziness start uh, during the pregnancy? Yeah, the craziness definitely started during the pregnancy. I felt amazing until about seven months, you know, once I got past the first trimester. Right. Because uh, I was super sick then. But at seven months, I started getting <clears throat> extreme pain where I couldn't walk. There would be like, you know, three days where I was like, I would like hobble around because mm-hmm. my abs were ripping apart and the babies were sitting so low, or at least one of them was sitting so low that they were on a nerve. Ugh. that when I would go to walk, it would, like, feel like Lightning. having knives in my stomach. Yes. Um, and then it was weird. The baby would move, and I'd be fine for, like, the next week, and then and it would go back. But, yeah, I felt so uncomfortable, especially, like, the last two months, to the point where I felt so guilty because I was, like, wanting them to come out early. Yeah. And then when they actually did come out five weeks early, there was, like, so much guilt of, like, did I manifest them coming out early? Right. Um, but I was told, like, be prepared. You're going to have a C-section. There's going to be a ton of people in the room. Most likely the babies are going to come early. My doctor even went to the length of saying she was pregnant with twins and one disappeared, which also scared me. Holy Because that's also kind of normal where, like, one baby doesn't make it and then your body just reabsorbs it. It's just like, it was just like going from this, I'm going to have this amazing, beautiful, natural birth to, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have this birth that I actually never wanted and it's going to be like full of like medical things that I didn't expect because I you know I'm trying to be this natural person but it doesn't matter what I want this is the protocol when you're having twins is yeah. how it happens so there was just like a lot of shock but yeah like the whole point of the pregnancy was to try to make it as long as you possibly could I went for ultrasounds every month they were like two hour ultrasounds they measured like every inch of the body um, of the bodies both the babies they measured the amniotic fluid. They were just like so in depth because with twin pregnancies, like something can go wrong very easily mm-hmm. where one gets bigger, the other one doesn't. One's taking more than the other baby is. Like there's just so yeah. many things that could happen. So I was like automatically considered high risk. Right. So I was treated high risk. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like right away the very, like the biggest difference of having one baby versus having two is just like everything's a lot more serious. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's scary. So then when you were going in to have the birth then, was it what the doctor had anticipated? Like, did you have a C-section? I had an emergency C-section after 24 hours of 
trying to um, labor naturally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That sounds awful. So yeah, I'll kind of give you quickly my birth story, which honestly, I haven't really thought about it until now because um, it was like such a shocking experience. But I went in five weeks early, which is pretty dangerous because there's a chance that the lungs aren't developed. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I got there, they gave me two shots of steroids, which you know, they give the mother the steroid shot to develop the baby's lungs right away. Yeah. And, like, immediately, like, you, like, swell up and you feel, like, totally not like yourself. And then they put you on, like, IV antibiotics because, you know, I didn't have my staff, sorry, my strep test back. So, you know, automatically I'm on all this, like, medication. Right. I was laboring for, you know, 16 hours, made it to 7 centimeters. But, like, the last, like, five hours of that 16 hours, I just stopped dilating. So they suggested an epidural which is another thing I didn't want and you know I got the epidural and then I stopped dilating altogether right so it was just like from there it was like a ton of pitocin 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 to the point where like I like creeped you know a point in centimeter every single hour it just like took forever it was like 24 hours to get to like nine and a half centimeters that's awful and the thing was is like in retrospect I realized that my body stopped delivering because my baby girl was stuck okay and she wasn't budging but they were using so much drugs to progress me that I was dilating but really she was in the wrong position right and like looking back on I have so many regrets of the whole thing and just like not knowing what I know now but I guess you can never really know that's like the scary part of having a baby yeah but they finally got me to nine and a half centimeters and then they told me to push and I pushed for like six hours to the point where like my bladder was prolapsing Oh my god! and the baby's head was not moving at all. I could see like a little bit of hair, but like right. nothing was moving. It was like the most defeated I've ever felt in my life, especially because I was like, oh, I'm super fit. Like this is going to be no problem. I'm not even worried about delivering. And you can't even move when you have the epidural. So you just, you have zero body control really. Exactly. Like they gave me so much that I couldn't even, you know, use my legs to lift myself up, Mm -hmm. let alone squat, which they had me doing. And then you don't feel anything. So you don't even know if you're pushing, but yet, you know, it's like the most exhausting thing ever. It was the weirdest experience. Yeah. And And not how I imagined it at all. Yeah. And then from there, they decided that, you know, it's time to move into the operating room because most likely I'm going to have a C-section because it's not going anywhere. So they decided when I got in the operating room that they were going to use a vacuum, which, again, so much regret that I even tried that. I should have just, like, forgot this, like, natural birth that I wanted to have and just went for a C-section. But they used a vacuum twice, went nowhere, to the point where it was like, okay, now emergency C-section. And that was, like, when all the 10 people in the room started, like, kind of, like, getting things going. It was crazy. I've never, like, seen something happen so quickly in all my life. And, like... Meanwhile, there's like the NICU doctor was like pacing back and forth in the room because my babies are five weeks early and they're twins and they might not even be able to breathe. So there's just like so much fear and stress in the room. Did you have a C-section? I didn't know, but every, I was high risk as well. So I know the experience of having a room full of 10 doctors delivering and just like I had an episiotomy. So just doing things and asking you questions like, are you okay with this? And you don't, all you want is your baby to be okay and alive yeah. and healthy. So, like, I didn't know what an episiotomy was when I got it. I just said, yeah, do whatever you need to. <laughs> I and didn't know pretty you much. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's just, it's just wanting to do whatever you can for the baby's baby in my case. 
and it's hard it's hard and then you do look back on it and you're like man I wish I knew what this involved what this what was involved in this yeah didn't have a c-section and I can't imagine especially being somebody who prioritizes health and fitness and who probably envisioned like I did getting right back to life after you have your kids you have gone through major surgery like that is major surgery so fitness is obviously a huge part of your life that's probably an understatement to even say that because it's like you're an entrepreneur and your whole business revolves around that how much did that help Mm -hmm. if at all with your recovery actually the recovery was really um easy considering you know i ended up with an emergency Mm c-section But I was pretty sick going into the whole pregnancy, so everyone was always like, oh my god, I can't believe how fit you look afterwards. Mm-hmm. And even though I look fit, I, didn't, I don't feel fit. Like, my body does not feel anything like it did before I had yeah. the baby, especially because you're not sleeping, and I'm breastfeeding two babies, and I don't work out. Like, I work out, like, once a week, and I just started, like, three weeks ago because yeah. I didn't have time. And it's it's a huge toll, and that's you need to take the time for yourself. And that was actually one of my uh, questions that I wanted to ask you and that I've been curious about. Like, because as an entrepreneur, I don't think that you're given mat leave, correct? And especially in the States, their system's so different anyway. Yeah. It's like when I found out that three months is standard and jobs don't even have to pay you for that three months. Yeah. I was like in shock, like being a Canadian and like expecting like a year to be normal. And then like also being the entrepreneur where it's my business and it's ultimately my choice. So yet feeling like, you know, everyone else around me in America, like three months three months is normal Mm -hmm. uh it was just like crazy shocking to me and like I feel blessed because I do have my own business so I actually only go to work two days a week where I go into the city and then the other three days I work from home and you know my husband and I have someone come and help watch the babies for five hours a day while we like can focus on work but like going back to work at three months after having a baby postpartum is like insane to me that needs to change your body is going through so much and if you continue to breastfeed, that's even more that you're placing on the body. So that was what I was uh, curious about. Like, how do you make sure you get the time that you need as a mother, but not only that, like as a woman recovering from major body changes, yet still kind of keep your business afloat and maintain that success? Yeah, like I've never felt so connected to women um, in all my life, knowing that like every woman that has a baby goes through this and then just is expected to carry on and you know mm-hmm. work and care for other children and you know still be there for other women and be a part of the community and just like you become superwoman and it's, yeah. it's totally true it's kind of crazy what the body can handle and what it does in order for you know your you to survive your babies to survive and then just like the ability to like still carry a job and like get stuff done around the house and I've never like done so much in all my life and felt like supercharged from it with so little sleep, eating bad food and not working out, which <laughs> used to be like my lifeline. I wasn't happy unless I worked out and had a green juice and a healthy breakfast. You know, now it's like, I eat like crap. I hardly sleep, you know, and I've never felt so happy and fulfilled in all my life. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So what do you, uh, I have a few mothers who, a few few mothers, I have a few (laughs) friends who are mothers and also entrepreneurs. And I know that, you know, some of them are doing really well and others tend to struggle with that time and how to balance the life between being a mom, being your own self and being a businesswoman. So how do you ensure that balance? And I know you said that you do have somebody come in, which I think is 
incredible uh, if if you can if somebody can afford that luxury because that is so helpful and I think maintaining that success but is there anything else you do yeah well one David's mom also comes two days a week too which is a blessing and she's like super grandma where she like comes bring groceries cooks watches two twins that's amazing while David and I go to the city and 100% focus on just being entrepreneurs and we know that you know our babies are cared for that's fantastic um and then yeah but, you know, the other days, like I said, we have five day, five hours a day for the two other days um, where we have someone come in and watch the babies while we work. And then on the Monday, him and I just like bounce back and forth and, you know, work from home and balance the babies um, ourselves. But honestly, like a lot of things have gone out the window. Like I said, like my self-care has not been the same. I work out like once a week versus mm-hmm. like five times a week. You know, I definitely take, like, the five-minute, ten-minute meal versus, you know, like, cooking. Like, I used to cook so much. I loved cooking. Now it's, like, how do I cook in five minutes? Yeah. Oh, it's so You know, like, instead of grocery shopping, I get my groceries delivered. Like, nowadays, I feel like it's so easy to have a baby because of all the resources and technologies Mm -hmm. and, like, apps and food delivery and, you know, all of these things that help you cut time and get the most out of your day. Yeah. So we've just had to, like, lean on those resources more than ever whereas before like I used to enjoy going to the grocery store now that's like not happening I used to get my nails done (laughs) not happening oh mine haven't been done in months I was I was thinking about that this morning (laughs) yeah it's kind of crazy how you like easily prioritize and you're like wait getting your nails done is a waste of time like I don't know why I care before money time everything (laughs) I I don't have the time to sit there and let them dry like, who's got time yeah. for that? It's insane. I, life yeah. was so luxurious before, and I didn't realize it. Totally. Totally. I And, like, yeah, I haven't had my nails painted in forever. It's a waste of time. Can't do it. So, yeah, you just kind of, like, I have triple Virgo in my chart, so I'm, like, pretty organized, and I, like, write lists, and I, like, think about, like, what's important, and then I, like, put the most important things on the top of the list and make yeah. sure I get to that first. And you just realize that stuff at the bottom of the list actually is not important, and you kind of get yeah. rid of it. And... It's so freeing and just save so much more money not consuming like I used to. Yeah, it's crazy. So what do you do for a job? Like obviously I see you online and you're in infrared saunas and like I was trying to describe it in the intro before we called. Like I called it alternative health solutions or something like that. But I don't yeah, that's exactly good. is that good? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So what what exactly do you do? So one, you should definitely come check us out in New York. We have nine spas in New York City. But what we do is we're an infrared sauna spa and we do infrared saunas and light therapy. And in our nine locations, we also have things like lymphatic drainage massage. We have like cryofacials. We do LED light therapy, all sorts of like next level health and wellness technologies. Mm -hmm. But pretty much we're reinventing the spa. So like old traditional spas, you'd go maybe sit in a steam room, then get a massage afterwards. And it would take you like, you know four hours out of your day and you do it once a year. Mm-hmm. We're reinventing the spa where we feel like this is something that you should do as a part of your lifestyle. You should be coming in, you know, like once a week. You're in and out of our location within 45 minutes and you get all of these benefits from the infrared sauna. Um, it is a light therapy, but it detoxes, de-stresses you, gives you amazing skin, releases happy chemicals, downs inflammation, and makes you feel euphoric all in one session. And that's why you guys call it higher dose, right? Exactly. So stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Right. And those are your four main happy chemicals. So we're all about releasing dose, 
upping your happy chemicals, making you look and feel amazing all in 40 minutes. You can be in and out of our locations. So, you know, there's like a big trend around like wellness and fitness and eating and taking care of yourself and what meditation are you doing and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, uh, and I feel like New York is a great place to really pioneer something like this because you really see it works really quickly in New York City. And it's also like the hardest place to live. It's super stressful. You're always yeah. exposed to lights. It's go, go, go. It's nonstop. So like to be able to stop in at a higher dose, go in our infrared sauna with our light therapy, leave feeling rejuvenated, getting high naturally, amazing skin and feeling calm and connected is like the ultimate experience you could ever have. So we opened our first location four years ago and it just like kind of like blew up. We have partnerships with luxury hotels and Equinox Gym. We have nine locations with Equinox. We're in shared wellness centers. And yeah, it's been really great. And we also, a year and a half ago, launched our take-home sauna experience, realizing that, you know, this is such a good technology that everyone should be doing all the time, but Mm -hmm. not everyone lives in New York City. So how do we reach the masses much quicker? Because opening locations is so much work and takes a lot of capital. So we developed our infrared sauna blanket, which is pretty much like our saunas, but in a blanket. In high school, I didn't remember you ever talking about infrared saunas or anything. <laughs> how did how did you get into this world? So I am a holistic nutritionist and health coach, um, was kind of considered somewhat of a fitness expert. I used to have my own show called Women Versus Workout, which is a really cool, cool show where I like tried all these extreme fitness challenges. That's awesome. And from there, I started posting for extreme sports. EA Sports, UFC, IMG Sports, and just got like launched into this world of like wellness and fitness. Mm-hmm. And that was like 10 years ago. Um, I've been in New York for 12 years. And then I went and started working at a health and wellness startup called Aloha. And I was doing product development and the brand ambassador program and just got connected to the most influential people in the wellness space. And yeah. I got to sit in you know, boardrooms with like doctors and naturopaths and fitness experts and pick their brain on like what products we should be developing. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was introduced to the infrared sauna. You know, one of the the most amazing doctors that I really respect, uh, Dr. Frank Lippman, told me about, you know, the infrared sauna and how it's a game changer and everyone should be doing it and gave me the laundry list of benefits and told me I should be doing it. Because at the time I was like struggling with my own health issues, hormonal problems. And I tried to look it up in New York City and there was one one infrared yeah. sauna that was in a colonic center. I don't know if you guys know what colonics are. That's when they shove a tube up your butt and like kind of uh, exactly. drain you out. Yeah. yeah, Totally. Not sexy at all. <laughs> and it, it was behind a, a curtain and the experience was just all wrong. And I went and tried it and I've never felt so good in my whole entire life. Like right. slept through the night, which was hard for me at that time. My skin was glowing. I felt like calm, connected, like I was like floating on clouds. So I went to go research it because I wanted to write an article for Aloha on it and just dug into the science and realized it's been around for like 40 plus years and they use it to detox people and pulls out heavy metal and radiation out of people's bodies. It's good for cancer recovery, Lyme recovery, like Scientology used it um, <laughs> like as a protocol to like get people healthy and like addicted so i feel like they use the infrared sauna to like make people feel like they've never felt more amazing in their whole entire life so they can hook them into something wow. like crazy that's wild yeah and it was just like it was crazy that i've never heard about it considering i thought i was this like expert yeah and just saw the opportunity right there and was like this is what i'm doing it was not it was like i've never had something so clear in my whole entire life right. where 
how do you get all these benefits in one session and feel so good in one session? Like nothing in the wellness world makes you feel good immediately. Like maybe working out, but even if you've never worked out before and you go to workout, it can honestly make you feel sick initially. Is there any danger to doing this if you're a pregnant woman, if you do it maybe for two hours? Like is there any negative side to this? I just feel like everything that's good is somehow bad for you. Totally. Um, well, that was also another reason why I knew this was going to be so good is that there wasn't any sort of negative side effects. Mind you, there's always, you know, the catch 22 where it's like, if you're pregnant, you know, first of all, women don't get tested on that are pregnant. So we don't know if yeah. the infrared sauna is good for them or not. Like anything. But if you go to Finland, which I have many mm -hmm. times where sauna culture is, a part of the norm where they have saunas in their house and then they also have sauna spas. Pregnant women are in saunas all the time. Yeah. Actually, sometimes they give birth in saunas because of the heat and it does kill bacteria and it, it's a super sterile place, funny enough. Right. Mind you, did I go in the sauna when I was pregnant? No, yeah. just because I wasn't going to take that chance and, you know, again, you know, you just want to be super safe. But, you know, like there's always the contradictions where like if you're taking a heap of like medications, you know, when you go into the sauna, it does detox you so much that it's going to be bringing out that medication out of your fat cells. Mm -hmm. So there might be like a big detoxing process where you might get like headaches and whatnot. So always consult with your doctor is what I say. And then also you, you sweat like you've never sweat life before in these saunas. Like even people that don't sweat, sweat like crazy. And it's a very different kind of sweat. It's a very oily sweat. So you have to drink a ton of water. And I feel like most people are already so dehydrated as it is mm -hmm. that if you go into the sauna super dehydrated, then you're going to feel like headachey and whatnot. So drink a ton of water, always consult with your doctor. And of course, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, you know, just rather not do it because it hasn't been tested. So for listeners that don't live in New York, you do through your website, you sell or like the the take-home, like the sauna blankets, do you do that throughout the States or do you do it through North America, international? Yeah, so we just launched international about six months ago, EU and UK. Mm -hmm. Canada, we can ship, but, you know, it's just more expensive to ship and then you have to be mindful of the American dollar versus, you know, the Canadian dollar because it can get a little bit more expensive. So that's the only problem there. And then we haven't started shipping to Asia or other parts of the world as of yet, mm -hmm. just because there's so much more, like we just want to focus on, you know, North America, EU and UK for the moment. Yep. But it's, it's an amazing solution because you do get all the amazing benefits of infrared in the comfort of your own home. So, you know, it does burn calories while you're in there. So you can burn upwards of 600 calories just lying in the blanket because it speeds up your heart rate to the pace of a light jog. It detoxes you seven times more than traditional saunas by pulling out heavy metals, radiation and environmental pollutants of your fat cells. Downs cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone, releases mm -hmm. happy chemicals, increases blood flow circulation, downs inflammation, and leaves you feeling euphoric. And there's so many more benefits to it that those are just kind of like the major ones that yeah. I like really want to let people know about because I really do feel like living in such a toxic, you know, stressed out world, like even if you are super healthy, so many toxins in food and water and air that everyone should be doing some form of like deep, intense sweating to get that stuff out, to get their blood flow, to get things moving, because ultimately that's how you're going to stay, you know, healthy, useful, and feeling and looking your best. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to try this thing so, so bad right now. I know. <laughs> Same with me. That's all I keep thinking of. 
So Lauren, where can uh, people follow you? Where, where can listeners find you uh, if they want to check out this some more? So definitely follow Hired Dose. We have a cool, sexy Instagram at Hired Dose. Okay. And then our website is www.hiredose.com. And then if you want to follow me, I've been really bad on Instagram lately. Obviously, <laughs> I've had babies and you have a good I'm trying yeah. to be present. But I am going to start to focus on posting more because I actually do miss like having a voice and, you know, educating people on my experience, which is having babies and being a new mom and entrepreneur. So, And that's at Lauren Berlingeri, which is just my first and last name. How do you spell Berlingeri? Because I'm going to think a lot of people will not know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. So easy way to remember it. It's Berlin, like the city in Germany, and then G-E-R-I. Amazing. Lauren, thank you so much for spending so much time with us today. That was an awesome call. And uh, yeah, wish you wish you all the best. I just have one last question, yeah. though, before we say bye. <laughs> yeah. D- did you want two kids? <laughs> or were you planning on doing like one kid and then you're like, uh-oh. Because like we wanted two kids right off the bat. So twins would kind of be like, okay, we're going to have yeah. kids and then no more. But I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, they're kind of going to it like, oh, I'm just going to have one kid. Yeah. No, I actually have always wanted kids and have always known I've wanted two kids, at least maybe three. Okay. Coming from such a big family and it being the best thing in the whole entire world. But... In retrospect, looking back on it, I'm glad I had two because it was so hard mm-hmm. that I, if, if I only had one, I realized like the stress of like, oh my God, now I have to have another one and go through that whole process again. Mm-hmm. So you're done. Yeah. And I don't want to say I'm done because like I, I'm obsessed with my kids, like the best thing I've ever <laughs> done in my life, thousand. but I also am obsessed with what I do and I feel like I have so much to grow professionally. Mm-hmm. But I always say like maybe if I sold higher dose in like three years or something like that yeah. and I had a ton of money and a lot of time, <laughs> I would have another one. But if we don't, I'm like, we're you're, so you're good. good. Well, this is why you need to get back on the social so people can keep track. But I guess there would be also too for you for you to go into having another kid, there had to be the uh, fear in the back of your head. What if I have twins again? Right. That, like, okay, Keep nailing everything that I like thought about. Because if I find out I'm having twins again, I'm going to have to like do some major like therapy, acupuncture, <laughs> meditation, like hire full time in house like staff because yeah, it definitely consumes your whole entire life. Like imagine having one and never having a break. That's what having two is. Oh right. yeah. I can imagine. I can only imagine, yeah. But yeah, I guess no further questions. I just that was one I wanted to just kind of crowbar in at the no, end. I'm glad you but did. Uh, thank you very much, Lauren. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, I know you're busy, so we do appreciate your time. And everyone, check out all those things Lauren mentioned. Absolutely, <laughs> check out Higher Dose. Thank you so much, Alex and Shane. It was really nice to connect with you guys and come visit me in New York City. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, have a good day, Lauren. You guys too. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we're gonna go on to another caller now. Now, last week. We talked to rock star parenting guru, childless rock star parenting guru, mm-hmm. we called him Max Kerman. Now we're talking to kind of another star. He's kind of a legend in Hamilton. His yeah. name's J.R. Diggs. He was on TV for many years. But he's childless. And unlike Max, who is not wanting children anytime mm-hmm. soon or maybe never at all, J.R. has always wanted to have a child. Yeah. But he just doesn't. I'm not I'm not saying he's getting uh, up there in age, but he's no spring chicken anymore. So 
maybe uh, we can get some insights to him as how he feels about that yeah. and if he still plans on having children. I yeah, guess absolutely. Later in his life. He is later in his life. He is. Uh, he's not going to like you repeating that. <laughs> Hello? J.R. Diggs. Welcome to this family tree. Whoops, shit. Let me, Shane doesn't have uh, his microphone. I forgot my mic. Let, <laughs> let's start that again. Say hello again, Jer. One sec. I've got, are, are you recording already? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, I've got to leave this place I am right now. One sec. I'll read. Okay. I got it. One sec. Yep. I have to leave. I'm kind of at a party right now, and I have to leave. Man, it's cold outside here, though. <laughs> 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 I'm going to walk over to my place. Well, I feel and bad because uh, it's like negative 15 out right now. And JR, it's probably colder where you are because you are on the lake, right? Yeah, where I'm uh, down in on the point, I call it when I'm trying to seem cool, down in Long Point. Okay, one sec, I'm going inside. I'm, uh, I'm here. I'm in the beautiful, I'm in the beautiful post office cottage at Long Point Lodge. Come and visit me sometime, folks. <laughs> usually, usually we do the plugs at the end after the... Oh. the the, the audience kind of cares about the interview subject. Well, do you normally do these things on Saturday nights? Always. Yeah, always. You always do it. So is it the plan? See, this is my take on that, if you don't mind me. <laughs> Let's yeah. hear it. Okay. See, I think that that's probably Shane's idea. Because Alex, anyways, by the way, I'm happy to do this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am kind of excited and nervous and, and genuinely nervous. And, um unclear and uncertain as to what is about to happen but i i'm so happy for for you guys in this podcast and the success of it and alex i know that you are a great host and a great mother and a delight to be around and listen to and i suspect shane i don't know if people know this i know this about him he's really smart and really intelligent on the back end of all this stuff yeah so like all the all the stuff that nobody knows about or sees, the technical stuff, all the things that go into making a podcast or doing something in the entertainment industry, Shane is brilliant at it, including choosing Saturday nights to interview and talk to people when they prob- when you probably catch them off guard and maybe even uh, with a couple cocktails in the well, right. For the reasons you just said and it's like throughout the week, I, I don't get home till late and we're kind of tired and it's not it's not the best time to be recording and then uploading and editing a podcast. Saturdays, we record it at night and then I edit it Sunday and then we kick it out Sunday night. And I, I find the best time to listen to a podcast for moms or anyone yeah. really is either right. Sunday night or Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, see? But see, Alex? JR, JR, to touch on what you did say... And for the listeners, Shane does do a hell of a lot. He takes about six hours to edit each podcast and sure. puts in a ton of work. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, thank you. Uh, my first question is, Jer, how many... Because you know what he... Cause you know, and Alex, you know what he... Because you... Like, for example, you probably don't hear about these kinds of things. So Shane calls me today. Or the listeners don't... This is They, they don't care about this, Jer. He calls me today, Alex, and he says, last week we had Max Kerman on from the Arkells, he says... So, but he says it so nonchalantly, but what's really brilliant about that is now he can call anybody he wants now, anybody, no matter how big a star they are, no matter who they are, it's, it's the fire chief, it's the mayor, everybody has to, was going to say yes now to come on this pod because he got one of the biggest stars in Canada 
So you see how this works, Alan? It's the domino effect. JR, I, I've already I've already been using it successfully. But the main reason I, I the main reason I did that was wasn't even because it Max was on because you and I both know Max and his fame means nothing to us. But right. I, I wanted it to you to see that somebody who's very uh, childless was also on a yeah. podcast <laughs> about parenting. <laughs> but I found hilarious, so I instantly listened to last week's pod, yeah. and, the, and and like I said, I heard the Max Kerman stuff. So not to be critical, but <laughs> come on, he's a he's your guru for child advice, Max Kerman. You gotta rock kiss star? these rock stars' asses <laughs> to get them on the show. <laughs> I forgot that he was promoting his album. It was very hard. Yeah. Like I, I I joke that he's our friend and it's easy to get him, but. Right. I had to have a meeting with the manager and discuss all these rules, and mm-hmm. it, it was actually way, way, way harder than I had pre Yeah, it was crazy. You stuck right to the 10-minute thing, and I was like, oh, man, 10 minutes? I wish I had a manager, because <laughs> I could talk about anything else other than what you guys want to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we have you for the hour now. Uh, just to let you know. <laughs> but my first question, JR, for you is, how many kids do you want to have? okay what's that how's this gonna work we're gonna ask questions and then i have to answer them you answer them don't overthink it it's just a question and answer type thing you are a very known television personality you're an entrepreneur you own this long point lodge as we discussed you're on tv for many years you uh, ch global you had a podcast of your own you run probably the best charity event. charity event in hamilton and party and after party called the jr diggs acoustic christmas it's been going for 10 years but i wonder if all of these pursuits in your career have kind of sidelined your other pursuit to have children because i know you are a guy i've worked very close with you you are a guy who wants to have children but you don't have them right so right. <laughs> how many kids do you want to have ideally i love i love, I love the whole preamble to that question <laughs> i think so that my my television show that was on the air forever the demographic i think in total there would be seven girls in total. All the years was on the air. Only seven girls ever watched it. So also, so if this podcast, I'm assuming, appeals to moms, right? Is that mm-hmm. not true? But it's got a large uh, CFL football <laughs> following fan base also for some reason. It's, <laughs> it's mostly women, I would think. Nobody listening right now knows who I am. Doesn't matter. So, that might be so, true, but I did want to give context that you are very well-known in Canada, especially Hamilton, which is just why... not to anybody listening, though. You should preface it then. Right. So, yeah. but people in the <laughs> entertainment industry, uh, like I've heard the term Peter Pan syndrome and prolonged adolescence. And for right. men, sometimes they think they have more time to start a family, but that, right. that might actually be a disadvantage because so much time goes by and then you feel like the train's left the station or the window's closed. Do you feel right. like that's happened to you at all? Or are you still optimistic or hopeful that you will have children? Okay, let me just, I'll get into this. I'll talk seriously, mm-hmm. right, Alex? Okay, yeah, Alex, yeah I, I, I'd appreciate that. I know you do. But if I do in any way come off aloof, it's just me deflecting from uh, <laughs> um, sad 
podcast you've ever done. Well, there's nothing wrong with sad. And sometimes you can yeah. get to a happy place when you talk about things that are sad. Mm -hmm. uh, like I find Alex and I, sometimes we'll be really pissed at each other and then we'll record the pod and we'll feel yeah. great afterwards. Mm -hmm. So don't be like, yeah, you're, you're being funny. Like the first 14 minutes, we haven't gotten any real information. <laughs> and that is funny. Oh, but what did Max say? Well, the, you just, we just couldn't mention certain things about uh, the rally being announced. And I couldn't even No, really but did he say that it was, it's Peter Pan syndrome? Did he say that he thinks he has more time? No. Too much time? Uh, no, but th that was just me uh, hypothesizing that because I feel like a lot of men do feel like they have more time than maybe they do. Right. So in a serious answer, Alex, so you can't nope. be too disappointed. And JR, I, I want to make a note. Like, it's not for the integrity of the podcast that I want you to be serious either. I'm honestly just so interested and I really loved uh, Shane's wanting to call you for this because I do think it's a great output and honestly it's an output that when it's just moms talking to other moms you right. don't get at all and like it's honestly really fascinating and uh, I, I'm interested and if I'm interested you know I know a lot of other people would be. This is my least favorite subject to talk about in life like by far like it'll be, this is the one subject that i mostly refuse to talk about yeah. um in any serious manner i guess shane has a knack for making me say things and do things that i later regret now normally we've done a bunch of pods together we've done a whole bunch of things together shane would tell you this over the decades that i've known him most of it no one's ever heard or seen because i always am in charge and i i pull the plug because i'm uh, I'm too embarrassed or ashamed of things that I've said. Well, and the audience <laughs> listening right now might think I'm doing a terrible job of getting any answers. <laughs> like, they probably think I'm the worst interviewer of all time. And I would never do this. I, would, I don't even know why I'm doing this now. Well, you haven't done anything yet, Jair. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and I'm surprised that, that no one has ever gotten pregnant either because I can't say that I've always been, um, you know, practicing the kind of responsible coitus interruptus uh, that, that what's that it's called coitus interruptus also known as the pull-out method uh, wow that's okay so yeah that, that's what i yeah i know what you're talking about now so you haven't always been necessarily a guy to pull out in time I, i'm pretty sure that i have and and no i'm positive that i must have you must have pull, you you do pull out successfully every time or there have been some slip-ups that just didn't result in a pregnancy Mm, I well, I don't have any children. Yeah, like I mean, no pregnancies were uh, were caused in the uh, <laughs> in the act of you, of uh, lovemaking. Do you think no. it's from uh, successfully managing your pulling out, or have you ever had a hunch about your own fertility? Um, wow, this is going to get deep in a hurry. I am going to kill Shane. But nothing's wrong with it. Like, nothing's wrong. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, JR admitted he always wanted to have a kid, or JR has a low sperm count. It's yeah. like, nothing's embarrassing <laughs> with that. So, I know that I don't at one point, and I got to be careful, uh, res respectfully here, guys. I have to be careful that I don't talk about other people, right? Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me clarify that too. I don't want to make it sound like I was out boffing a bunch of girls. I certainly was never that guy. Back me up on the shame quickly here, please. <laughs> you were never that guy boffing. In fact, I thought you were a virgin when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> I for sure was a uh, virgin longer than probably you were. 
How long were you virgin, JR? I, I think we were probably tied. I bet you were virgin till you were 18 or 19, and I, I was the same. Yeah, because I was, it was my first year of uh, university. There you go. When I first had sex, yeah. yeah. And then I was with, with that person for like kind of most of my life. You're a serial monogamist, which also makes this more interesting mm-hmm. that you're a man who wants children, and correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. you're a man who doesn't have children. Right. And you've been in long-term <laughs> relationships. So I'm just trying to, yep. what, what do you think the reason is for that? <laughs> do you want kids? How many kids would you like to have? And do you think you may have children in the future? So, yeah, like long-term relationships. Now, even though I was in the entertainment industry, like a lot of my life. And that being said, too, I think that that's what I blame it on. Like if mm-hmm. I'm looking to blame something or a reason, I think that uh, people... I'm sure sure women and men in the entertainment industry, maybe more so men. I can only speak for myself because I am one, I guess. You think, you know, my life was working out pretty good, kind of getting to live a lot of my dreams and, and uh, had a pretty charmed life, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, you think that, that kind of stuff is going to go on forever and you start to build this image in your head of a perfect life because you're kind of having one and you think everything needs to be perfect. Everything does. Everything needs to be exactly um, like you always imagine it to be and it was going to be. And you're waiting for that to, you know, all the stars to align perfectly. And then time keeps going on. And, and for me, I was in the entertainment industry for quite a while. So I had like that uh, fallacy lived on in my, heart and in my head longer than it probably should have and then all of a sudden you wake up one day mm-hmm. <laughs> on a Saturday night <laughs> alone <laughs> half uh, court uh, talking on some podcast with your buddy and his wife about uh, how n- nothing worked out the way you thought it was going to yeah but hypothetically speaking all that being said do you still feel like if the opportunity arose like you met someone and the relationship progressed very quickly would you be open to having children now or are you more of a my my that time has passed oh and this was a fan submitted question, by the way, from a secret admirer who would like to remain anonymous. <laughs> I will say that I, I have a, uh, more regrets than I could uh, ever want to get into on a podcast like this. Yeah. But I think most of them are repairable and most of them are fixable and changeable. And the only real regret that I have, like actually the only one, that I really have the only meaningful one is not that I don't have kids. It's hard for me to believe actually it's, it's astonishing. Sometimes I've, I remember a couple times now I've met people and I don't know their image of me, but, or their perspective of me, but they were just like, Oh, are, are you, you know, that guy from whatever, if they knew me from TV or they knew something about me and, and, or just, you know, I'm a little bit gregarious is, is, you know, Shane and, of course. and, uh, um, there, and there's that guy. And, and, but the truth is, um, I don't want to be any of those things really. It's just a product of trying to enjoy life. I think the only true meaningful thing you could probably do in life is what you guys are, are doing and, and, and are talking about on your podcast. And so not having kids is the single, maybe only real regret. 
Right, but just just to go back to the question, would you be open yeah. to having children now, or 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 do you think you wouldn't want to have kids at this point in your life? No, I would. It's the only regret that I think I can't fix or change. So of course I would like, uh, yeah. So then you can you can I, fix it if you think you can't fix it. You're wrong because all you need to do is stop pulling out. but you have to uh (laughs) oh man but don't you want to be with uh you everything else has got to be perfect and right too don't you doesn't isn't that true well not necessarily because my my other question was going to be would you ever consider adopting even if you weren't in a relationship and maybe just being a single dad and having the kind of the family without the the partner. Wow, I've never thought about that ever. I've never thought about that. I guess in my little fantasy head of a perfect life, I still think this is all going to work out somehow. But the truth is, time just so for some of us just slides by faster than mm-hmm. than I could ever explain or imagine. And maybe it all just doesn't work out now. But. Uh, um, I don't know if I would ever do that. Huh. Maybe I should think about that tonight. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be cool. Like if you just yeah. you know adopted a. Maybe you skip the first two years. That might be the like. Does really that tricky. happen very often? It's, no, but think of the press you would get. No, but Jr. It's <laughs> babies are the most sought after. Older kids are rarely adopted, and then they live lives in the foster system, and they're treated badly, and then they wind up in crappy situations themselves a lot of the time. Wow. So this your suggestion is that maybe that's I should just go adopt like an older couple older kids and then uh, I could do a reality show about this. Of course you could. And there <laughs> there have been uh reality shows about uh, kind of anomalous things like uh Kate and what was that one Jack and Kate plus 8 yeah, or but something. Yeah, those are their own kids. I don't know about throwing adoptive kids yeah. in the How mix. How many kids would they let me adopt, do you think? Like how many? Probably as many as you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I know you're very good with your money. So what if what if I adopt these five to ten kids? They're all working. I'm buying more property down here. We're expanding on the lodge. Everything is going great. And then what if it all happens the way I always thought? And then I meet that other life dream that I always thought I would have. All happens. Do you think that they would like this new J.R. Giggs guy with all these kids? Yeah, you, ne- you never know, though. That's the thing about meeting the one. You never know mm-hmm. what they're going to want. So, like, a, a shit position would be to meet the one and, mm. like, the, the perfect woman. But she doesn't yeah. want kids, and you do. Like, I always wonder about couples like that that don't necessarily align philosophically. Because that would be hard, because you're in love with the person, but yeah. they, they're not going to fulfill what you envision as a, a happy life. And for me, that's like a, a that was a nightmare for me when I was on Tinder, kind of going through that. But I, I I looked at Tinder as like a job or like a mission to find the perfect match. Right. <laughs> and I think I did. I've known you for a long, long time, like kind of decades now, and I've never said it until recently. I'm like, I think I've said it to Max. I'm like, you know, Shane has a has the way he thinks about stuff. It kind of. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. <laughs> and like, it really works. Like the way he, he, uh, the process that he thinks about things and how, it, 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 like, he makes sense of it or justifies it or figures it out. 
it actually is really smart. Like it's really brilliant. And look at your life. <laughs> like you, you're you married like so far above your pay grade. It's ridiculous. Hey, right? Jr. <laughs> Come on, Alex. Everyone knows that, I, right? I don't Isn't agree, but you don't I'll, agree. No, but I'll take it, Jr. That just even proves the point more of how how this girl is so out of your league it's that she even disagrees with the fact that she is. Well, that even makes her even more out of your league. There has to be some je ne sais quoi. <laughs> I don't want to disparage hot girls, all the hot girls out there, but uh, but big deal, hot girls. There's more to life than uh, being hot. This and is true. Uh, there's, yep. You might, might want to... Uh, uh, make sure that you do all that other stuff and have all that other stuff uh, as part of who you are to uh, to have a happy life. Mm-hmm. And then you meet Alex, and the hotness is just, like, obvious, but it's not even important. All the other, everything else, uh, she props you up in life. It's just, like, it's incredible. I can't believe how smart you are, Shane. I agree. I, I do that. agree with you, and I'm only being defensive as a joke, but I honestly do think we are a good team, and I we both so. prop each <laughs> other up. Yeah. Although, yeah, Alex is obviously, she is, as you said, much better, if I'm being honest. But jokingly, yeah. I'll say, fuck you, Diggs. <laughs> so you're, you're close to your family, and your siblings end up having uh, families of their own. Now, for you, do you, is there any jealousy or envy that comes along with that? Or- I don't know. I'm incredibly happy for my for everybody in my family and and however things worked out for everybody. I I would like to think that I haven't let them down or 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 not contributed that part to the family, but that's the fact. That's the truth. I mean, I think that it, it would it changes people's lives when you guys brought kids to your lives. I think that your folks have enjoyed that quite a bit and and appreciated it and it's brought a, probably a new aspect or dimension to your relationship with that. Yeah, say, that's probably. that's mm-hmm. so true. And it's yeah. uh, it, it kind of it it made me closer to both my mom and my dad cuz it's a great kind of excuse or conduit to talk to your mm-hmm. your parents having Get the together. children. But I find for you yeah. you're so close with your mom anyway like we were out just casually getting dinner and I think you called your mom twice. So I think you already have that that box kind of ticked off. Not that you're I'm not implying you're a lame mama's boy. You're still very yeah, cool well, and rebellious. Am. Yeah. <laughs> no, I probably am. Yeah, if you were uh if you were um for example, if you're the kind of girl who wouldn't like to be around my family or or doesn't like that, you know, what I mean the closeness to the family, like I don't know if you call that a mommy's boy or not, but um but we have a riot together. Like we yeah. have so much fun together all the time. If it would not work out with me for sure right if you so, that, were, so if, when you are in a relationship you ingratiate your partner into your family a hundred percent it would never work otherwise and and i know some people are are like that or, or they, i think they would think why are we going you know to your you know your parents place or why are we all getting together <laughs> on a su- sunday but it's just because it's fun but yeah. like we have a riot and so it's not boring or or uninteresting it's mm-hmm. so much fun so there's yeah, that. alex is like that with her family yeah. i find and for me i wasn't really like i'm not not a family guy but i'm certainly not sunday dinner into my even in my 20s and my 30s like sunday dinners kind of went out the window and i wasn't that type so it, it was right. a little bit of getting used to to going to Alex's uh, family and having those Sunday dinners. And now I really look forward to being at them because it does make me feel a little bit more whole or something, you know? Yeah, that's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that because 
um, you know, and I know Alice's folks and, and they're, you know, sweetest people and, and full of spirit and life. And, and so I can imagine that those dinners would be enjoyable and full of love and family and, and I don't know, that's the best. That's the, that's, you know, when you, aside from your, your friends or your, your, your work or your, your business. I mean, I talk about me being in the entertainment industry and how that's the reason why I am where, where I am. But lots of people have are, are super committed to whatever mm-hmm. career they thought they were going to have and whatever it was. And in the end, if, you know, without your, like, well, without family, it would be so hollow, I think, for mm-hmm. me in life. And so, and I think kids, what that probably does is it just perpetuates that. It, it keeps Christmases more fun. It just, everything is probably a, a joy for you guys. And uh, uh, you're lucky that way, for sure, I think. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Jared. Um, so I, I was, no, I was wondering because... You're welcome, Jay. <laughs> you talk about the ideal, like when you were talking before, you were talking about like the perfect life and the ideal of a perfect life. And even now, like the representation of what family means. So for you and your like you know the desire that you had to have kids and that it shocks you you don't do you think it's the experience like you you truly want that experience or is it more of what it represents in that ideal and fitting into that ideal um oh man i'm getting this is so serious now but i guess we're going with it now so some people you know they they think they want kids but then they only think of like the good things that come from them like the christmases like the family and things like Mm -hmm. that they don't consider like the hard work putting them through school and you know being for them when they're going through really hard things so when you consider that is it the experience or maybe the ideal that you desire just about everybody I know has kids. Like every, like a lot of people have kids, right? Yep. Yeah. The thing that shocks me is, and it just, sometimes I catch myself going, how the F do these people have kids? And I don't have kids. <laughs> like these, look at, like these people like that I know, I'm like, not that they shouldn't have kids, but they clearly had kids because everybody has kids. And that's mm-hmm. what you do is have kids. Yeah. But, you know, the dude's not happy, doesn't seem to even, like, really enjoy his kids. I'm like, oh, like, wow. Like, how could that be? Like, how could you? But I, I think that, you know, you've met somebody that wants to have kids or you, it's the right thing to do or all your friends have kids. Every Just about everybody you know is, is pumping out kids right now, that's right? True. And, yeah. So it's the thing to do. But I guarantee you, not all of these people <laughs> are maybe the world's, not that, that you have to be the world's greatest parent, but um, you guys are pretty serious. You guys are very serious about it and, and take it seriously and, and take the responsibility seriously. And I don't know that everybody does that. And I think that well, what would How would you be, you think? Like, is that what you want? You want that responsibility, good or bad? Yeah, like I have a hard See, time imagining you with a infant. Again, I don't mean that insulting. I'm just like for me. It's... I know, and I take it as as the biggest insult ever. <laughs> right. Sorry, I I, I could have worded that a lot better. I just couldn't find the words. <laughs> no, it's fun. like to me. One of the things that has happened in the last kind of five six years, I guess, is accepting 
like sometimes when the like not that other people's opinions about me matter or perceptions of me matter, but it kind of does. Like if you're going to go through life and really not give a crap what anybody thinks of you, then that's pretty uh, empty and shallow of you and, and arrogant of you not mm-hmm. to care about how anybody perceives you at all and what you know what they think of you. And so I'm often shocked at that perception of me when I whenever somebody says something or. Uh, I get that impression that that's what they think because, Alex, to answer your question, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up my whole life kind of, not that it's the same thing, but as the uh, as a camp counselor. And yeah. anybody who knows me knows me from camp, those camp days. Like, I was super proud of being, like, this really great counselor. And really, when most people were there for uh, uh, just fun and to be young and just be away from home, and, and uh, I was actually pretty serious about just, given these kids at camp like an incredible experience mm-hmm. and and it was just like something that they would remember forever and and I just I, I don't know I always imagined being a great dad like yeah. a great dad and a really good parent and taking all those responsibilities seriously and I'm a little bit old-fashioned so I kind of like not that I would have went all like leave it to beaver in life but um i i think that's great i think that this modern world we live in i think it lacks a little bit of of uh tradition and and some of those old-fashioned values and and that there's a reason that things were like that and so i'm a big proponent of that i certainly was looking forward to being that guy you know that Mm -hmm. dad and 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 i like the idea that you can be young and spirited and a goofball but in your own home you guys are Shane, you're clearly different with your kids and your wife and your home than you are with the rest of us in the rest rest of the world, or at least I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely more grabby with my wife than I am with you. (laughs) Well, you're pretty grabby, dude. Yeah, (laughs) just more, I mean, though. (laughs) Lastly, I guess, uh, how can a woman who's looking to maybe have a relationship or and a child contact yeah. you and maybe uh work something out yeah. like how, how would you like to be contacted <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god that is you, like you've done a lot of things that have entertained you made me laugh <laughs> and this is not just the alcohol that is like hilarious the tone alex just the, the way he says things and the tone and the delivery um he just, am I the only one who's completely cracked up by Shane constantly? Am I the only I think one? you might be, unfortunately. <laughs> like, I want to take the compliment and really believe things that are, I'm funny, but. <laughs> oh, but seriously. Um, I'm starting to think that maybe my perception of myself is somehow deluded. And uh, um, I am not exactly who I think I am. Maybe there is something uh, that I'm not seeing that that other people are seeing maybe that's true maybe i'm a (laughs) well here's the thing it's like you know your full self right like so even this conversation here the first 15 minutes were just us weed whacking through all the bullshit and gregariousness (laughs) and maybe maybe if you're front facing a lot of women you're just meeting casually maybe that's all they see because they don't get through that initial layer right like so okay. I knew we could wait in the waters long enough and we'd actually like your real personality <laughs> would emerge. But you do have to tolerate a little bit because you are a gregarious, fun 
guy and sometimes a woman can misinterpret that as being he's not going to take this relationship seriously because he doesn't take seemingly his life seriously <laughs> it just cracks me up how deep and serious and how right you are how smart you are because you're not that is not the shame that i know and love it's not i swear to you. she is not like that these are not the things i like about shane at all <laughs> constantly like it's so perplexing to me like that's what i mean i think maybe i'm living in a weird universe that's not making sense anymore but don't you want to don't you want to be able to meet somebody or spend your life with somebody who i don't know smart enough to wade through those waters and figure that of out of course but breaking they, the ice is so hard and i always say this about alex if her, i wasn't set up through her cousin in some serendipitous right. way i would have never gotten enough confidence or opportunity to have a conversation with her for her to even break through that ice yeah, how you did all that, how you circumvented those waters is astonishing. People all know that your story, obviously, right? Well, I put so in they, a uh, lot. I put in a lot of effort with that too, and that's the thing. A lot of people just think their life's a movie, and they're going to have that moment that every movie has, where they just meet the love of their life. But right. I went out and pursued that because uh, I wanted right. to like will it into existence. It's so true. Like, I hope that you give this advice to people. I mean, I won't take it, but it's really, really good <laughs> advice. <laughs> but it is true. We live in a different world where you've got to go out and kind of uh, get your life and, and make that happen or whatever. And it's not just going to, you know, happen to you. But wouldn't it be? Wouldn't that be swell? Well, yeah. it, and, it, and it can happen. But you also have <laughs> right. to put yourself out there. You, it, and it, an amalgam of both, trying and not forcing it, I find, is the best method to finding true love, you know? In truth, I find it embarrassing to, like, at this at an older age, too, to start, to, everybody's your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and your, mm -hmm. I, I, I find that, I don't know, I, like, you, this is a lot to say for me, because I'm the biggest, like you said, kid you'll ever meet, right, Shane? But yeah. I just find it immature to, I don't, it, like, I, maybe I'm wrong. The title of girlfriend you find yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Like, like older people, and this is my girlfriend, is just like, uh, I mean, I wasn't always that way. I think that if I could just do it all over again, obviously, I would make some pretty different decisions in life. And, and But I, I don't know. Well, I just JR, find it if, weird. if we are looking for, hypothetically, another, not girlfriend, but partner for you, Life how, how, could they, how could they contact you? Because we do have to go, because we joked about running up on an hour, but we have been talking to you for 58 Good, minutes. This is the perfect time to end. This is the perfect time it to is. end. No, so you do not want people to contact you. No, we can't, this is not what this was. This was supposed to be. No, it's a, what it's uh, become. <laughs> oh, follow me on Instagram. That's what people should do. And there how, you go. How, how do they do that? On the JR Diggs Instagram, because the guy who has JR Diggs, he won't give it to me and he wants me to pay him. JR Diggs Instagram. Yeah, I know. That's all I could come up with. Perfect. No, that's uh, perfect. That's good. Yeah. And so, but if, if people follow me there, then what happens is I can tell them about Long Point Lodge and some other stuff that's happening Absolutely. Uh, this spring and uh and uh and, and they can dm you i don't know what that means direct um, message but we do appreciate you taking the time and i know this is quite a bit out of your night yeah but seriously jer means a lot that you did this i know you laugh but we do appreciate no, it no we we do big time and I, I know we took you out of a party but jr thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight i think you guys are great and uh, the podcast is is going 
fantastic. I'm so happy for all your success, and I look forward to seeing you guys and uh, hanging out in real life. Hey, okay. you guys, kiss the babies for me. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was JR, and uh, the man can talk. Say what you will about him, but he does have the gift of gab. Now let's go to the question period, I, I suppose. Yeah, so we've got some listener questions this week. The first one we have, kids' birthday parties. What did you do for Lucy's first? So Lucy's first well lucy's every birthday actually aligns with shane's every birthday because they share the same birthday may 12th makes it so easy on me because i'm actually the worst person with remembering anybody's birthdays i honestly do not know either one of my parents i know the months and i know like it's between two different days but i'm really bad at it i do not recommend may 12th as a birthday though if you're out there trying to plan for the (laughs) uh the date of your child's birth and i'll tell you why Mother's Day always falls. Like once every four years, Mother's Day will fall on May 12th. When I gave birth to Lucy, obviously, it was May 12th. So I'm giving birth on Shane's birthday. And it was also Mother's Day. You didn't give birth on Mother's Day. You gave birth the day before Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day on Lucy's first birthday. Which, again, makes things complicated. Because then at the birthday party, you have to honor the moms and whatnot. But what we think of kids' birthdays. So Shay and I are pretty vocal about the fact that we don't love kids' birthdays. And I know that'll change as like, you know, kids get a little older and it's a chance for them to go play with their friends. Even now, a birthday party for Lucy is awesome because then she can have a chance to go play with their friends. However, I do not think it should be super elaborate. Personally, I do not think you should be expecting any kind of gifts I don't think it should be the norm to necessarily bring gifts. I love the idea. We talked about it for the Fiverr party mm-hmm. where everybody brings five bucks in a card yep. and then the parents can get something that the kid wants and something that they don't have and something that isn't going to junk up the place yep. essentially because we get way too many toys, way too much plastic, way too much buying. Uh, so I really love the idea of the fiber party. So I think if we ever do something like that, because people do like bringing gifts, maybe we can suggest that just bring a fiber, spend $5 a gift. We will buy something that we know Lucy will really love that she doesn't have yet. The only one I really don't like is the first birthday party. Yeah. I feel like first birthday parties should be banned from, <laughs> to the public and they should just be for family, like close family, yeah. bring in the aunts and uncles, the grandparents and just like, that's it. Yeah. Second birthday party I can handle. The kids have yeah. kind of developed little they, personalities. They play around and yeah, but you're just doing the cake smash on the first one. Take all the photos, frame them, do everything, but just don't invite like twenty of your friends. And by the way, I don't want to alienate any of my friends who have done this because I'm fine to go to those. It's not my favorite thing. It's not my least favorite thing, but I would hate to be the one running it. Because it's almost like a mini wedding or something. Oh, it's And insane. like that's a lot of pressure. So would you say your first birthday party neutral? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm neutral towards birthday parties. But I just wanted to say uh, having another complication, having your birthday May 12th, is when you're a kid, no one comes to your birthday parties. Everyone has events with their mom. And I have a total complex about inviting people to anything because I have this deep-rooted fear that no one's going to show up. Even to our own house to play shuffleboard. Yeah, I I hate rejection of any form, but nothing stings to me more than inviting people and then they don't come. Like a house party (laughs) terrifies me, throwing a house party and having no one show up. 
our wedding scared me. But I still had a feeling people would come just because it is a <laughs> wedding and it's so you're so obligated. But anyway, May 12th, not a good birthday. But when, to answer this question, for Lucy's first birthday, it was my birthday, her birthday. She also was christened that yeah. day. And it was Mother's Day. And I have step-parents, uh, a mom, like a biological mother. You have your, your mom. You were also a new mom. So and we had uh, my aunt that was a mom. And my so cousin they, who's they were all here. So in addition to a lot of women being here to celebrate Lucy and maybe my birthday, they were there to <laughs> be celebrated because yeah. it was Mother's Day. It was actually it was actually kind of nice, and I like how it did work. So it was just a family thing in our house. We went to the church. Lucy was christened. Uh, came back to our house. Did cake smash. We had pizza, pizza, and I think some drinks. And it was just like a daytime thing with close family and everybody who like actually truly wanted you know just to be a part of it it was low key but it was still hectic even with very little fanfare absolutely still a lot of fanfare yeah okay what's uh what do we got next all right so the next question how do you still feel sexy for your partner when you're pregnant he loves my changing body but i feel gross and huge good wording and it's blunt and it's honest and i think it's near impossible not to feel that way especially once you get to a certain stage in pregnancy so much of it is mental and i think it does come down to your partner to be you know ideally you don't want them to be told to try to make you feel extra sexy in some way or make you feel more desired in some way but that does help and then for you I mean it is hard because it's such a quick weight gain like you think about it in the first three months we're not gaining that much weight and then in the last six it's just such a shock uh it's such a shock to your system I remember going through it with Lou and even now I'm having days where I'm looking I'm like oh man I know it's a baby and everything but it's still kind of hard to deal with mentally and it's difficult. It's definitely difficult to feel sexy. I actually love looking at accounts like um, Inspire Pregnancy. You're just like famous model chicks who still look great and who are totally rocking a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, they do look so good. And then it, it makes me oddly feel better about myself, even though if I'm like just looking at a regular skin, skinny model chick and I'm not pregnant, I feel worse about myself. I love looking at them when they're pregnant because it really helps me appreciate the beauty of it. And if you are worried and you can't get past it mentally, go and get yourself a cute little teddy or like little sexy, you know, thing that comes down to your butt or something like that. But what if you look hideous in the teddy? No, you won't. You'll look adorable. Okay. Are you kidding me? It'll look so cute. I love the idea. I don't have one. Maybe I should get one. I think they're so cute. I know, but I and I, I hate to always remind you, not every woman is as beautiful as you. You're a very beautiful woman. You know, Shane, I'm just saying. Cause I know, but that might come out like someone's like, oh, throw on a teddy. And you're like one of the hottest if women. You're, if you're huge and your gut is making you feel uncomfortable, it will help. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's like Vin Diesel. He's like, just throw on a wife beater and show the pipes. You'll feel great. And then it's just me and a wife beater looking like a loser. Like sometimes that advice, like, you know what I no, mean? No, but here's like, if you're worried about the size of your stomach, just put something over it and then, you know. Okay, first of all, I was talking about my arms not being big enough. And then you glanced at my gut. <laughs> I did not. You did. I have it, the footage. <laughs> did not glance at your gut you're a liar but no i would suggest that i mean okay. i i think that's the best way to hide and they're like if you you just don't want to f- 
focus on it because I know some ways when it gets to a certain point, that's all you can look at. So maybe just try, you know, getting beautifully intimate with your partner from behind. Nice. Good. I think that's good advice. It might yeah. not be uh, sound great, like great advice, but I think it, it secretly is. For me, want to know what's weird, the, like a huge turnoff for me about pregnancy? I'm embarrassed to admit it. What's that? I don't like feeling the baby kicking. like i'm grossed out by the baby moving inside your body and i've never told you but sometimes you'll make you'll grab my hand and you'll keep it there and the whole time i'm having like a mini very mini panic attack shane okay shane is very weird with like very random stuff so he hates all belly buttons his own (laughs) mind lucy's everything uh and he hates to hear heartbeat so if he's lying a certain way on me it has to be far away from where you could hear my heart and then he even has many panic attacks if i am laying on his chest and if i can hear his heartbeat i won't say anything to him like i won't be like oh i can hear your heartbeat it's more feeling the heartbeat too if your hand is near my heart but like like shane cannot have me put my head or my hand anywhere on even like i'm using my hand right now to show it and he just kind of flinched Mm mm-hmm but like that's weird. It's, it's the odd... registered phobias. These are real things. You can look it up. Plenty of people have this. Like your brother's girlfriend has the same phobia. Well, this the belly button thing. Right. But like I remember I was uh, recently we were laying down watching TV or something and I was kind of near your stomach and I was just thinking about how much you would hate it if I could tell you what I was listening to at the moment. <laughs> but it was just like, you know, all the stomach gurgling and a heartbeat is much more pleasant sounding, yet you are so freaked out about it. All right, so to move on with uh, listener questions, we have the next one. Do you want to do anything different in labor the second time around? This is for both of us. For me, I just want to be more knowledgeable, I think, about what is going on so i'm going to try to research terms and things that could go wrong better than i did the first time so that i'm not kind of in shock because i remember when they asked me if uh it was okay that they gave me an episiotomy which ultimately it was but i i really had no idea what you they didn't were know they're going to tear your like butt open or anything. i <laughs> essentially no and now i've got a whole issue that we have to deal with that because some students sewed me up and didn't do it properly it is a teaching hospital so that's interesting shane would you do anything a diff- uh, certainly i'm not going to be bringing a robe i'm not going to hop in the bed with you i'm not going to do anything that seems like i am like a super like dad who wants to like bond with the kid <laughs> I, I, I just felt like a total weirdo. That and would disappoint me so much because uh, I love talking about that. I'll do it at that. home. I'm not going to do it at the hospital. honestly, that was... So, well, I just hope we're not in the hospital for as long this time. But if we are, I don't think you'll be able to help yourself because you are a dad who wants to bond with the baby and you do I'll care do about that home. stuff. I will. I'll do it at home, though. That was very embarrassing for me. All right. So, all right. Amber teething necklaces, are they worth it? I don't know. They look kind of cute, so I'd get one for that reason. But we never use one with Lucy. And Is that the balls? Yeah. Okay. I, I thought those were cool. She, yeah. She, she liked to play with them. I don't know if she was biting on them, though. Yeah. Um. I, I, I don't think they do anything. And, you know, teething sucks no matter what. And different teeth, I think, cause different amounts of pain. So, you know, if you if you want to get one just in case, I don't think it'll hurt. Teething but neutral. Teething yeah. necklace neutral. And lastly, what are you doing to keep your belly small during pregnancy? I, I think it's dangerous to think in those terms because um, you shouldn't be trying to 
really keep anything small during pregnancy. If anything, you should just be eating more nutritiously and keeping as active as you can while listening to your body. But it's not a time for dieting. I'm I'm not doing anything to keep my belly small. I'm actually super upset that it's so small. And I'd definitely be getting more Instagram likes if it wasn't small. It's just the way that you're built. I have a long torso and I'm tall. So the baby just hangs out in there longer. And uh, it's actually really causing a lot of problems for me. A lot of people don't know Alex is 6'4 and two, <laughs> 240. <laughs> but uh, because, so the baby's measuring at about 10 inches. And because the baby isn't in its home, like outside of my body in my tummy, and it's inside, it's really hard to get through a day of work. I am out of breath just going down the hallway, lecturing to my class. I'm panting at the end of it. And it's it's honestly, it's hard and it's embarrassing. Um, so, so you're pro big tummy positive. Oh, I'm big tummy, very positive. I okay. wish. I wish Can I we had end it. this podcast? Please. <laughs> this has uh, been a long one. Oh my God. To say the least. But thank you so much for listening to This, this Family, Family Tree, Tree podcast. podcast, episode 28. Bingo.